0: All right. Tonight, I'd like to start off with recognizing all of the you know, heroic acts that we've seen from volunteer groups this past year during all these natural disasters. Uh, one of these groups is a Cajun Navy Ground Force. Um, these are a group of individuals, you know, just they they form an amazing rescue organization that's made up of volunteers that just go out on their self-sacrifice and they go help people that are in need. That it's it's really amazing. They just they why wait you know, there, there's that saying. You know, I'm here for the government. I'm I'm here to help. Is some of the worst words you can hear. You know, as I said, when your fellow citizens show up, there's no red tape. They're there. They're helping you. They don't have to ask a superior before they. You know, they're in the stuff. They're they work, and that's where this this group that formed the Cajun Navy was just a bunch of just regular people grab their own boats, help. They don't have to do that. And this is. So they they were up in Kentucky in helping with the tornado relief, and that's yeah, from a couple. I think it was a few weeks ago, like two or three weeks ago. And so this is um, really, and we we have the pleasure of getting to talk to Lauren A. Smith. She is one. She is the HR volunteer coordinator for the Cajun Navy Ground Force. She's also a podcaster. Um, For many things, Night Callers Productions, Weird Realities, Planet Fear Podcast. She's wife, she's a mother, she's got so many things going on, so we know we don't want to keep her waiting any longer. Lauren A. Smith, she's next. <laughs> Welcome to the Three Beards Podcast. My is Craig, along with Austin and Chris. Passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century. Let me out. Guys, we are back. Um, it's like I said, I've been off work for a few days because I've been under the weather. Uh, a, so, um, yeah, I said, so, yeah, yeah, I know. It's, man, I'm telling you, there's at one point I got up, stood up out of bed on Monday, and it felt like I had another person on my shoulders, and I almost tipped over. I was just like, I go, it's it's one of like the old Chris Farley sketch when he did Saturday at Live when he'd just go crashing through the coffee table. That's yeah. that was what I almost, you know, almost did, you know, a couple of times. So that's just all right, but enough of this. Let's bring on Lauren A. Smith right now, the guest of the show. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. You
1: mentioned Chris Farley. I have to show you Farley Quinn. Are you ready?
0: Oh, yes. Awesome. That's... <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Did you paint that?
1: I had that commissioned. That's how bad I am. I had that commissioned and had it painted for me.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> that is awesome. He, he was one of my, he was one of my I would say you know all time all time. Absolutely. Painters. I mean
1: absolutely.
0: When um, yeah, when you talk about the history of Saturday Night Live, you know you got the classic cast. You know everybody likes to go this one, but I I would honestly argue that the uh, Phil Hartman. Chris Farley, David Spade, you know Mike Myers. That era, just with you know, Chris, when you had all those people in there, that was one of the funniest times in Saturday Night Live.
1: That was, to me, to me, that was true comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I get so much flack for this. You're probably gonna, I'm gonna tank your ratings right now, but I'm not like a huge fan of Will Ferrell. I know, like, I'm the only person I know that's not, but, like, um, I'm definitely, like, Chris Farley, that's where it was at for me, um, Jim Carrey back in the day, Jim Carrey, um, mm-hmm. Adam Sandler oh, back in the oh, day, Adam <laughs> <Chandler>. <laughs> I mean, so that's where it was at for me, and and Chris Farley, though, like, Tommy Boy is my all-time favorite movie, it always oh, will be,
0: I can't, I can't tell you how many times I quote that movie,
1: same, me too, me too, yeah, um, yeah.
0: I, I do the one all the time, it's like, you know, what are you doing? I'm just checking the rotary, you know, the specs on the rotary gr- I'm returning.
1: <laughs> I always <laughs> yes. do, um, yeah, whenever a... somebody does something, I'm like, what'd you do? That's my favorite.
2: The Shawshank Redemption.
1: Uh, that was mine.
0: <laughs> welcome to, it's like, hey, in April, um, for, you know, she has found our way onto YouTube, and she can actually see us now. Welcome to the show back again, you know. <laughs> Hey, Alan, Joey, Chassis, yeah. Michael, Ron, Michelle. Let's see if I'm missing everybody that's on right now. I think Bobby um, was, you know, go Cajun Ground Force. So yeah, yeah. That, that's, but
1: I, I got my team here.
0: That's I got right. my so, team here. Um, I have I, to
1: say, Alan is uh, Alan is from Nightcallers. He is my biggest fan and Nightcallers, my biggest supporter. So happy to see him here. Uh, Bobby is uh, my coworker and my best friend from Cajun Navy Ground Force.
0: So awesome. That is, and that was, you know, we can kind of start anywhere. I mean, uh, uh, okay. I mean, I think probably because I started the show off this way. Let's let's just keep that going here right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, thank you for your volunteering for these people. I mean, this that was, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I, I know hard it, some it is sometimes to take compliments. You know, it's especially it's just, you know, because it's it, you know, and that's, but it's one of those things. I mean, it it truly is an amazing thing that people do when it's a self-sacrifice when it's nobody's asking for it. And it's just, you basically just do something because it's the right thing to do. And
1: yeah. it's, I mean- it's, it's very difficult. So what I call it, because I'm the volunteer coordinator. So I source volunteers from across the nation to come help out after disaster. And what I call it is kind hearts and helping hands. Um, <laughs> it's also been called just good people. It's good people doing good things. And, um, we have people literally from across the nation, from the Pacific Northwest down to Florida and from the opposite corner back, all in between that drove to Louisiana um, and came and helped during Hurricane Ida, which was my first storm with Cajun Navy Ground Force. Um, and then we have um, recently there was the tornado in Kentucky in December and we deployed. Um, a little bit after it happened, a couple days after it happened, we deployed to Kentucky and set up our safe camp. And we've had people drive from across the nation to come set up and, and be with us. It's the amount of time and effort that people put into volunteering just to make a difference. It, it will never not astound me. Like, it's just, I've, I've always tried to do everything I do through kindness, but to find literally all these other people who do the same thing, it's amazing.
0: That's, that's awesome. I, it is, it's one of those free you know, I, mean, I don't know who anybody who doesn't know what happened, um, but for anybody that doesn't, you know, this, it, was it three weeks ago?
1: Mm, it was before Christmas.
0: Yeah. So it's, yeah just this string of just this sudden storm just popped up and it was just this long band that just basically just swept right across that whole, you know, the, pretty much the Ohio Valley. I mean, it just went from mm-hmm. Illinois. It just kept on going across and it just it reeked. I mean, what was that? The candle factory in an Amazon warehouse and then yeah. it just oh, it proceeded thing. and then that town and I, I apologize. I can't remember the name of the town. Um, so, but it was yeah. destroyed.
1: Mayfield, Kentucky. Um, That's where we're actually set up now still. Um, So we're still deployed there. Um, I'm back home in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I'm still doing my remote efforts to source volunteers and supplies for that location. Um, But we still have a lot of personnel on the ground that are dealing with the devastation there. Um, I went and I actually took my son and because he informed me when I was talking about going because I have to go be on the ground and see my team and help out. And um, he said, I want to go with you. And I was just like super hesitant at first. You know, he's five. He doesn't need to see that kind of devastation. And he said, Mama, I want to go hug the hurt people and make them not be sad. I want to play with the kids and make them not be sad. And I'm like, okay. So I took him. Honestly, I decided to take him to bring the morale up for the team because our team has to see really horrible things. And it is heartbreaking. And it's really easy to have some doom and gloom type feelings. And so I brought him for the team. And they, um <laughs> they loved him, they all spoiled him half to death. Um, he was a little ray of sunshine. And it's it's kind of it kind of hits home that like when you're in that kind of situation, volunteering that the smallest little bright spots can be so crucial. So puppies, kids, just a good blessing to come your way. Um, and when we left, it was like, he didn't, he wasn't impacted negatively by that devastation. Cause we did go into the damage path and, and see that he wasn't impacted negatively. He actually, um, took away from it that that means more love needs to be shared with everybody, which I thought was really great.
0: And you brought up a good point to, you know, just when the way you're describing that who cares for the caregivers in, the, in that instance. I mean, so I say yeah. what, I mean, without giving, like, you know, I'm not asking you to give all details, like, here's the name yeah. of, this is the person that helps, but I mean, what do you, how do you guys decompress from something like this? Cause I mean, I mean there, I can only imagine seeing some, um, some grandma who's just lost her entire world. Just all she's got is just, you know, whatever little piece she's managed to pull out of the rubble standing there crying. And it's like, how do you go home and find a way to shut that off so that you don't just relive that in perpetuity forever?
1: It's, it's really hard. Um, So I can tell you that my first go on the ground was after Hurricane Ida. And I didn't even get to leave camp because I was dealing with so many personnel issues and like getting every, getting the camp running smoothly, getting everybody to, you know, all the volunteers doing what they needed to do. And just the amount of, I'd say, trauma that I endured just seeing the people coming through camp and hearing about what they lost. I got on the plane and I cried my heart out. And I've talked to several volunteers who have done the same thing. And, it is so incredibly, it's it's hard to be on the ground and see what you see. It's hard to be on the ground and um, be away from your family. But to to have to leave and know that there's still so much to be done and you can't stay mm-hmm. and do it. And even if you did stay, there's only so much you can do. It is incredibly hard to mentally process and emotionally process. And so what I've done is come up with kind of an aftercare bit that I give to the volunteers in which I tell them, you have to leave, right? Because you can't stay forever. But how you can still help remotely is by supporting us on social media, sharing our post. So I tell people, if you can't volunteer, donate. If you can't donate, then share our post. It's free. And when you share that post, it gets the word out about what we're doing and how we're helping. To so many others who can help. And so I said, just sharing our posts remotely, it seems like you're not doing anything, but you're getting the word out that the media has already turned away from this storm. They don't care anymore. So it's really hard to get resources in. But if you're sharing those posts, you're doing what the media is not doing anymore. And you're bringing attention to the fact that these people are starting the hardest battle of their lives. Um, Also, we do let people help remotely. So we have. Our social media teams, our dispatch teams, our volunteer vetting teams, Um, we have a lot of different teams that help remotely from across the nation. Again, I'm talking hundreds of people that help keep us going while our people on the ground go into the debris and hand out supplies, which is what we're doing in Kentucky right now. We have teams that go out with skid steers and chainsaws and they help to um, get debris off of people's houses, tarp their roofs, um, set them up with contractors to get their homes rebuilt. And then we also have teams in town at safe camp at Walmart that are handing out different supplies. So they're handing out heaters, blankets, um, toiletry kits, stuff like that. Water. Um, yeah, so that, so if you share us on social media, it helps us help them.
0: And and one of the best, um, what's the best site on social media to do that? Is it through Facebook? Is that going to be the best or is it Instagram? I mean, what, which one?
1: We're, we're on Instagram, but our Facebook is really where it's at. So if you go to Cajun Navy Ground Force on Facebook, um, that's going to be your best bet. We do lives throughout the day showcasing what we're doing. So you know how we're helping, where your money's going when you're donating, um, how your volunteers, how you can volunteer. Um, we have lives throughout the day. We have posts that ask for help or showcase. We helped this person. Like we have one lady. Her name was Miss Linda. Um, search and Rescue came through after the tornado and they cleared her house because she didn't hear them knocking. Our team came through and said, um, Hey, that's my son right there on the cover page. He, that was his first time seeing the devastation. It was really hard for me. Um, and then he kept pointing out people's clothes and toys and he said, mama, it's all gone. And I, I showed him, I said, there used to be a house right here. And he said, mama, but where did their Christmas trees go? Like it was, he, yeah. he he was okay, but like it was emotionally, it was difficult for me because I could just imagine. That's it. I live in Oklahoma. I live in Tornado Alley. I've spent many, many a night in that closet with my kids, and so it hit home that this could happen to me at pretty much any time throughout, you know, Oklahoma. But um. I don't even remember where I was at.
0: You were talking <laughs> about a, a lady that uh, she was at. Yes,
1: where. yes, Miss Linda. Um, yep. So our team came through to ask her if we could remove some debris from her yard, and she heard us, and she was actually, she was almost gone. Um, and we got her out of there, took her to the hospital, and uh, she had surgery, and she was post-op. So we got her set up with some people that, um, from Arkansas these kind people that showed up and they housed her and gave her food. And then our ground team lead, Chad actually took her back to Lafayette, Louisiana with him for Christmas, got her presents, got her clothing and then took her back to Kentucky after Christmas. Um, Wow. I actually have pictures and videos on that page of my son playing with Miss Linda and she just loved him to pieces. She played cars with him for hours. Just he was a bright spot. And so it's stories like that. Like we, we, we don't just hand out blankets and um, go remove trees. Like we make personal connections with these people. There are people that we still check on from hurricane Ida that we still keep in touch with to make sure that they're okay. Um, Basically our goal is to bring light to the darkness after disaster, but to also give people control of their lives back.
0: And that's, and, I, and that's the part, that's why I highlighted that in the opening of why so many people, their first instinct is, well, that's why we need government to do this for us. No, the government is literally, they're going to show up, they're going to throw a pallet of water at you, they're going to have a bunch of people that come out of D.C., they're in these fancy shirts that they've never worn up until that day. They've thrown them on. Where Just you for can, photo op. Yeah, and they go in there. Yeah, they basically, they make everything look like, okay, we're here, and then now the government's gone.
1: So, and that's one thing about our organization is that we are not restricted by the red tape. So we can go in yep. day one, and we actually have had our hands smacked a couple times by different factions, and they're like, only FEMA can distribute that. And we're like, well... Oh, what Cajun, rights? We're Cajun <laughs> Navy ground force and we're what? gonna do what we're gonna do because we're here to help people. And we um we get we we talk to um we talk to the local law enforcement, we talk to the EOC, we talk to the mayor, we talk to the people we need to talk to, and we end up making a huge impact where we are. And um FEMA, we don't have the same restrictions that the government agencies have, so we can go. Right. I mean, day one of Hurricane Ida, literally it was still raging in this town and we deployed and set up our camp and we're like, OK, we're here. We're handing out water until we get something else. And then we ended up running for over a month, um, handing out supplies, ice, water, toiletries, generators, clearing debris like we we start with this with a couple RVs and a parking lot and then expand into this huge safe camp and a distribution hub that brings in supplies we had walmart sam's club i mean just tons of people giving us semi truck loads of supplies um to hand out because they believed in what we were doing it was amazing
0: that's that's where i've 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 said to many people where it's just like like well if we didn't have these government programs what would we do the yeah. ca- you know cajun navy you know is is probably one of the best examples of what happens when American citizens jump in, you know, you got the Salvation yeah. Army, you have, you, you know, when they first, you know, we'll go when they first you know, <laughs> formed, you know, we'll do that. We'll, do the, we'll, we'll do that. Okay. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. you know, just when these organizations come in, these are the ones, that's what they do. They do the stop gaps, you know, they make the soup yeah. kitchens, they do these things yeah. because it's not because I'm, you know, and, and that's one of the things like I really wanted to stress. And I hope I paid that there's, you know, Nobody in this thing is looking for accolades. Nobody's out there looking for it. This is about me. This is one of those. And that's why some of my questions like really about there is who takes care of you guys? Because you guys suffer this trauma as well. And then you just have to, you know, you're patching them up. But like I said, you know, honestly, like how, who helps you when you get home? I mean, how, honestly, where do you guys go for help?
1: So that's something that I'm actually I'm working on implementing. I actually talked to Bobby there about that um recently. I said we have so many volunteers that kind of they do they face PTSD after they leave and um I give them ways to cope and ways to help remotely, but some of them it's it's not as bad as search and rescue. I will say we do a little bit of search and rescue. We do um a lot of what we do initially after a storm is clearing debris so that first responders can get to homes to do wellness checks and search and rescue. Um most of the people that we have on that crew are search and rescue people. They are retired firefighters, retired EMTs, retired like military, you know, so they're pretty well equipped to deal with it. Um but for the regular volunteers that are going into a situation where they see not not people who are deceased or anything, but just the devastation. It can Mm -hmm. still be so heartbreaking and so traumatizing. Um, I actually had talked to Bobby. Um, That's something that, so I have a psychology background and that's my major and my passion. And I had talked to her and I said, "What what if I started up something to help people like that? Like, what if I started a program to help people? So that's kind of where that comes in. As far as I know, we have we don't really have anything dedicated to that. We, we did partner with America for a little bit, but they're more geared towards um, helping the survivors of the disaster with their trauma. They're not really for the volunteers, although they did invite the volunteers. They said, if you guys need to come see us and see one of our therapists, you can, but it wasn't really for the volunteers. That's not really a thing. And I'll tell you something else that people fa- face, especially like me. Um, When you're down there doing that, um, you are away from your family, you're away from your, your comfort zone. And that is also really hard. So um, for me, you know, the only reason that I would even leave the ground is to come and be with my family because I have two little boys that need their mama. And then when I get home from being on the ground, the first thing I do when I walk in the door from the airport and I've, I have like one hour of sleep I, for like three days, I'm dirty, like I'm, I haven't eaten really. And the first thing I do is go kiss my kids and thank God that they are in a warm, safe dry bed. And dealing with that guilt Almost. you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. That I have a roof over my head and running water and I don't have to battle mosquitoes or snow. Like there is kind of a guilt that you also have to deal with on top of the trauma that you saw down there.
0: I can I see that. Yeah. I mean, it really could. I mean, that's and that that was one of the ones like. I, I was hoping, you know, we'd be able to have that part of the talk. Cause that's yeah. one of the things that you don't hear, you don't hear a lot. You know, when people ask, you know, a lot of, you get a lot of the stuff. It's like, Oh my God, amazing things. And then like, all right. And next we have, you know, it just, they don't ever get to the, the fact of the human side of these rescuers. I mean, yeah. just, it's like, yeah, you guys are doing amazing things just, but there's gotta be, you know, how do we help them heal? I mean, it's now go Cajun Is that the best, um, best place for people to go and donate?
1: I believe so. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, so I want to make, make sure that I, I put, I think we're I kind of in there. the
1: middle of a, thank you, um, Bobby, could you verify that for me if you're still there? Um, we're in the middle of a transition kind of consolidating um, a couple of our different things and making that our go-to. So, um, but yeah, Doctors. so we have donations, but we also have, if you can't, like I said, if you can't donate money, if you could donate your time as a volunteer, if you can't do either of those, share our post. But we also have supply runs, so um, we take donations of supplies. We take, um, we have an Amazon wish list that people can literally go to Amazon and be like, "I want two gift cards and a heater," and then have it shipped to our location to give out. I mean, oh, it's nice. it's pretty easy. Um, it's just it takes. The only way that we can make this happen is through kind hearts and helping mm-hmm. hands. That's the. I mean, we are a citizen led disaster relief organization and how we do what we do is through crowdsourcing through social media. Um, a lot of social media, it does. It gets a bad rap, but we couldn't help the people we help without it. It's it's a useful tool exactly. and and we have to use it. Um, But I can say it's it's very fulfilling going down there. It's hard. And there's a lot of emotional fallout when I leave. I I do go into kind of a depression for a few days and I sleep a lot, um, but I can say that it fills my cup every time I go to the ground and it keeps me passionate in what I do to work remotely nonstop to help our team stay on the ground and be able to do what we do.
2: So have you ever had an opportunity, have you ever had a thing where there's multiple disasters and you have to pick (laughs) which one you really want to position yourself in? How does that work? So
1: so our goal with Safe Camp, so what Safe Camp is, is Swift Action Force Emergency Camp. And what that is, is we are wanting to be pre-set up in a big box store like Walmart. And then when a disaster hits so across the nation let's say where where do you live Chris
2: Orlando Central Florida area
1: All right so let's say a hurricane hits Orlando right What we want to do is to be have our stuff already set up in Walmart and when that disaster hits Walmart employees roll Safe Camp out into the parking lot they set up they start handing out supplies until Safe Camp employees get there and then that way, the Walmart employees already have, they still have income, even though there's no power and everything else we will pay them and then they can do their jobs. So that's what Safe Camp is. What that means in the future is that we can deploy to multiple emergencies at the same time. For right now, I can tell you, we were still putting on a Christmas event in Homa, Louisiana for the the kids that were affected by Ida and we're not going to have a Christmas. Their parents are rebuilding their homes and trying to get caught up on their bills. And so we put on a Christmas event, a toy drive, basically. It was an angel tree. Um, And so we were trying to get presents for these kids affected by Ida at the week before our event, Kentucky, the Kentucky tornado hits. So our entire team deploys to Kentucky and there's a few of us left to run this event. We did that, got the event done, went to Kentucky. We're still there working. Colorado fires hit, right? So a few more of our team are now in Colorado assessing. Now, we are setting up a smaller safe camp in Colorado. Um, the thing is, Cajun Navy were used to hurricanes. So when we deployed to Kentucky for the tornadoes, it was a little bit of a learning curve because hurricanes, the devastation is everywhere, Right tornadoes it is this one path and these people are screwed but these people over here their patio furniture didn't even move like it it's barely it it was a lot for us to get our our minds around and then colorado again it's this one little section um versus this widespread devastation that we're mm-hmm. used to with hurricanes so each one is a learning curve and that's what we're that's kind of where we're um we're trying to expand our safe camp concept and we're learning about each new disaster. But our goal is to be able to go to multiple disasters um, at the same time. So we have, you know, Shark NATO in California. We can totally do that and handle the hurricanes in Louisiana. So that's our goal um, with the right yeah. funding and donations. We can make that happen.
0: That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And then just let us know. I mean, we we can add that link to the description, you know, when you, if you know which one's like the best way to donate.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll definitely Um, put that on there. Yeah, I can, I can get that on there. Um, Oh, hold on. I got this ready. It's on my laptop because I can never remember. Um, So go Cajun backslash donate would be the best way to donate to Cajun Navy. Um, If you would like to volunteer, you can actually email me straight at lauren at gocajunnavy.org. And I will get you through the vetting process and get you on the ground where you can lend a hand.
0: All right. So that's at Lauren, you know,
1: or just Lauren at gocajunnavy.org.
0: KGV.org. All right. Perfect. I like to so forget that so that way I can put that in there for awesome. Well, then, then, you know, like I said, we're three minutes in. We, I so said, we've only talked about your Cajun eighty. I you know. know. They, that's it's, we. We've got to get to. I mean, she's got a whole lifetime. I mean, I like, barely got to really mention to the guys. I mean, she she's well known Bigfoot, you know, I am. person too. That's why it's in it. <laughs> that was one of those where I talked to you through uh, Hadley Thorne, You know, through Weird Reality. She's the one that yes. mentioned. She said, you know, reach out to her. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. And so I, I was know. glad. I was actually
1: supposed to be on this show last week, I'm sure, like you guys know, but I was supposed to be on this show last week, but I was in Kentucky um, dealing with the devastation from the tornado, and I was still going to make it happen. I was like, yeah, I can make it happen. Um, And then I had uh, like one hour of sleep, and Craig was so understanding. He was like, let's reschedule. I was like, thank you so much. Like, I, I don't even know my own name. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot. So that's our, our, our page. Um, thank you for putting that up there. So we have, we're actually getting into virtual reality. So this is something new that we're doing before we switch to Bigfoot, um, that I'm really excited about. So it's, we do a lot of live videos on our page. We do a lot of pictures and posts, right. And we, we, um, we like to, you know, we want you to see the devastation that we're seeing. We, we want you to meet the people that we're meeting and making connections with. But we're doing virtual reality now. So if you have an Oculus, you can watch our virtual reality videos on YouTube. And we nice. give you a 360 view, real time view of the devastation. And let me tell you, like I have goosebumps. It hits so differently. Um, I've been there and I watched the video and I still cried. Um, so I, I put the, the, the goggles on my mom and I was like, mom, I said, just watch this video. And she said, (laughs) she said, I'm getting your, I'm going to ruin these goggles. And I was like, why? And she said, I have tears filling up in the bottom part because it is just, you're, you're standing there looking around and you see a little teddy bear on the ground. You see, you know, a little bike over here, you see grandma's China broken over here. Like, and you see this all in real time and it is just, it's, it's a lot. You can look up in the trees in the video and you can see all the debris in the trees. Um, it, so virtual reality is it's new for us. We are really getting into it and it, it really helps to bring across the devastation and, and help you connect with it and help not only donors and volunteers, but, um, my air team. So, I have a team that is remote. They work completely remotely helping us through every disaster and they don't get to go on the ground and fill their cup like I do. But the, the Oculus, the virtual reality, they're able to see the devastation and feel that connection and, and kind of feel that motivation and that passion that I feel when I'm on the ground and it helps keep them going and not get burned out.
0: Now real quick, uh, Alan, Lasser, he had a um, the question. So is that the same thing? Um, go to that Cajun, go Cajun Navy, you know, .org, you know, to volunteer.
1: Um, yeah, that's how you can volunteer. I think he's asking, like, how did I get involved with Cajun Navy? Is that what, um, oh, I
0: yeah. Actually, how did you pushed. get involved? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this is a good segue into Bigfoot. I actually got involved with Cajun Navy through a Bigfoot event. <laughs> so I. That's a good story. I know. It's so random. It's definitely one of those um, calling, like it was a calling thing. Uh, I get goosebumps when I talk about it. So I went to the Pacific Northwest over the summer with my two boys. We road tripped up to the Pacific Northwest for a Bigfoot conference. Um, so I was I was one of the vendors at the conference. I was over in the ce- celebrity personality side. And um, after that, we went to Beachfoot, which is another little event they have in Oregon. While I was at Beachfoot, I meet Rob Godet and his girlfriend Camille. And I was hanging out with them. I'm like, cool. We're all into Bigfoot. Well, he starts talking about Cajun Navy. I'm like, oh, man, that's cool. And then I rode with them to the beach. And um, it was my first time seeing the Pacific Ocean. It was great. Um, so I rode with them to the beach. And he's telling me about Cajun Navy. And I was like, I just felt really compelled. And I was like, okay. I said, well, um, I would love to offer my time. I have a decade long career in human resources. I said I can help vet your volunteers maybe or do something remotely. I'd love to volunteer a little bit. And he just looks at Camille and he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "We really need human resources." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool." <laughs> um and this is, you know, Camille telling me that you know, how she hooked this is how she hooked me. She said, "Imagine a hurricane." Okay, it's out in the Gulf it's churning all this darkness and chaos and devastation, right? It hits land. It spreads all of that. She said what we do with Cajun Navy is we go into those communities and bring light and hope back into those communities. And I get goosebumps nice. every time I say it. Yeah, That's, that's what hooked me. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. So I come back, I meet the team, I'm getting my arms around everything. And then hurricane Ida hits and it's like, trial by fire, right? Like, okay, here we go. And so um, I started vetting thousands and thousands of volunteers. Like I got thrown on Fox News to do interviews for Cajun Navy. Like it's just, it's all over the place. And I've been with them ever since. Like that's Bigfoot got me into Cajun Navy.
0: <laughs> that's that's Yeah. I, I'm from Oregon. So I mean, like I said, when you're describing, it, it's like, I know, I know exactly where you're at. Cause that's just said I was born and raised there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So oh was, my gosh. It's a special it was... thing. It really is. Like
0: yeah. Um. Like. I mean, I'm I even wearing a Bigfoot shirt. You know, Me so. too. Yeah. That's like.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if Craig told you. Um, it's my last show for till spring because I'm going to firefighter academy. Actually, EMT first, then fire. I have and a then you're job. gonna come volunteer with Cajun Navy Ground Force. That's Sweet Dan, like, <laughs> can't
1: wait.
2: I love. I mean, I'm in. I'm in Florida, but I would love to go that way. Um,
1: my dispatcher's out of Florida. Come
2: that on. works. I mean, I. Just, I'm, I'm, I love the water, everything. <laughs> but like, it's, <laughs> it's a special person. Like, I, l- I have a great job here. I have a safe job, but I've always wanted to do something more. My brother's a firefighter. And he goes, like, dude, school is not going to teach you anything to what you're going to see in the real world. I'm like, I know. Yeah. It, I just want to do more. I want to help in doing stuff like that, you know? That's awesome. Leaving my, leaving my safe job, be a firefighter. It sounds stupid, but it's all I want to do. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it.
1: Can, you know what? Congrats on that, first yeah, of all, because you. it's it's you're also going to be helping people in a yeah. whole different way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, on your off time, which you won't have any – just, <laughs> um, I have a friend who's a firefighter and I've been begging him for six months now. I was like, man, we need you. We need yeah. you. And he's just like, Lauren, I don't ever have time. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> fine. I retires. guess. Yeah. But um, for sure, like we need nurses like especially right after a storm hits so there's different phases but right after a storm hits we need first responders emts uh, medical personnel Um, that's who we need right after the storm hits and then of course we still need hands after that but like that's the the ones we really need like first off right off the bat because those are crucial to what we do because we send out our teams to go clear debris for the first responders and um there's a lot that can go wrong and so having people like you nurses stuff like that it can make all the difference. Do you
2: do you handle the security end of it too because I know I had a partner when the hurricanes hit um Katrina hit Louisiana they deployed as a security team up there.
1: Um I mean so that's something that's on my list of roles to um implement is to have a security team but it's more for
2: your safe camp
1: safe camp but um honestly
2: you don't have many issues do you really like people were like gonna rob you in the middle of the night um during
1: ida we did have um we didn't have it happen to us but there there were there was pirating going on to where they would we so after a um after a disaster there's a curfew for that reason, right? And so, um, if you were on a road going into town afterwards, there were people that were being stopped and mugged for their supplies. Um, so, that actually would be very beneficial to have a full security team that that's what they did. They went out and you could contract with them. Um, for me personally, for my team, we have um, the people that go out after storms, they're, um, they're first responders or they're. Um, ex-policemen, ex-military, and so they all usually carry, and that's the security that we have. Um, But for Safe Camp, it definitely is on my list to employ two different security people at a time each night to watch over all of our equipment at Safe Camp.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's, yeah, because, yeah, we we were actually talking about it, you know, just, it's like, he was, and that would include, you know, you know, for people to donate, you know, funding. Cause I mean, obviously that's not going to be, that's not going to be a cheap, cheap aspect to, you know, add in. And, but one of the things before we get too much further away from this, um, how important has it been for you to have, you know, set, you know, the support from your partner through all this? And, you know, I mean, it's just, cause that's, that's one of the things, if you don't have somebody in your camp like that, that home, that's, that's your anchor and your rock. I mean, it's just, that's such a drag on you. So, I mean, how, how huge has that been having your husband right there to, you know, for you?
1: I'll tell you, um, having him hold down the fort with my kids, hold down the home front, that has been crucial. I couldn't do what I do without, without his support and him taking care of the kids in the house for me. I, I could not. Um, so even before I went on the ground, like even just working from home, I was working 20 hour days. I stayed in this office in that chair. Um, I barely got up to eat, drink or pee um, like I did not leave my office. And so he, you know, had to hold it down, keep the kids out of there, go bathe the kids, feed the kids, all of that. Um, and then when I go on the ground, I'm gone. I'm gone once a month for a couple of days at a time. And um, he has to hold it down. And so I'm very blessed in that I found another kind person um, because he has always, he's one of those people. If he sees someone pulled over on the side of the road, he's going to stop. If he sees somebody hitchhiking, he's going to stop. I tell him not to, but he still does. Um, you know, but he's he one of those mic. people. He, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: He's going to be on my murder podcast one day. He actually is. Yeah, but, that's like um,
0: that's that commercial. He's got a chainsaw, but he has Bud Light. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, class. we got to stop. So
1: you know, he's another kind heart. So he gets, um, he gets that I go to fill my cup, and he wishes that he could go too. Most of the time, he's like, I just wish I could go help too. But um, he understands that him holding it down here helps me to be able to do that, and so he's not resentful of it or anything like that. Um, you know, around Christmas, it was really hard, but. I mean, we made it work and, um, I'm pretty blessed in that there's, I've seen one person in particular, they lost their marriage because of this, um, because the person just couldn't hack this person going out into the field so much. And they were worried all the time. And, um, it does take time away from your family, from everything you have. Um, it's taken time away from my podcast, my other business dealings. And, but I mean, and, like, my my co-host, Matt um, Knapp, on Planet Fear, actually, he was like, all right, we're stopping Planet Fear for a while. And I I was crying. I was like, what do you mean? Why are we stopping Planet Fear? I was so upset. And he's like, Lauren, we talk about assholes killing each other, um, murder, mystery, paranormal, all of that. He's like, what does is, what is that even, like, compare to what you're doing? He's like, yeah. you have to let go of something. I know you're not going to do it. So, I'm making us let go of this right now. Like, that's a good friend, guys. That's a good friend, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can support him by going to bigfootcrossroads.com and watching his podcast in the meantime.
0: Awesome. So, that's that's a good, yeah, because I was going to bring up, you know, that, you know, Planet Fear 2. It's just, and then, you know, you've got Nightcallers Productions, you know, the yeah. weird realities of you doing, <laughs> um, doing with Hadley. I mean, I said, that's a lot to juggle. It's, it's a thing.
1: lot. Um, so I mean, night of uh, Hadley. Oh my God. Hadley. I just, that's my fairy goth mother. Um, she mm. is someone who came into my life and changed my life for the better. She's like the sister. I never knew who I had aunt mother. I don't know. Like she's just, she's an amazing person. So she, um, I, I've done Nightcaller's Bigfoot radio for over 10 years. I've been researching Bigfoot for over 20 years. Uh, my mom actually brought me into the Bigfoot world when she had her sighting. And I was I was young. Like I was freshly a teenager. Um, and so normal kids grow up going. And on and during the summer, they go to uh, the beach. They go to Disneyland. I've never been to Disneyland, Disney World. None of that. I've been out in the woods on Bigfoot expeditions uh, more times than I could count. I have been to Bigfoot conferences and seminars and festivals. Um, You know, that's how I grew up. I grew up weird. I'm okay with it now. Um, But you know, I grew up going out into the woods with other people who are looking for this mythical creature. Like that's what I did growing up. And so Mm -hmm. uh, when I got older, my mom launched Night Colors Bigfoot Radio. We were the v- one of the very first Bigfoot podcasts. We've interviewed, I took it over a few years ago, so it's mine now. And we've interviewed over 300 people about Bigfoot research. And um, this past year, I uh, started Nightcaller's Productions at Hadley's Urging, and um, under Night Colors Productions, we formulated Weird Realities. And so Weird Realities, under that, spawned into Hadley's Enterprise. And mm-hmm. so she has... You guys go check out Weird Realities. I can't even tell you all the amazing things they do. I am just the yeah. producer and the um, the CEO kind of over all of that. But all of that is Hadley's work. I give full credit to her. I gave her my name and my my audience and said you go forth and conquer. And boy, did she like, she's amazing. Yeah. And then planet fear. Um, I partnered with Matt Knapp of Bigfoot Crossroads former and, uh, also Bigfoot outlaw radio. That was his other show that he did. And, um, we formulated planet fear podcast. Planet fear podcast is a paranormal and true crime podcast. We talk about ghosts. We talk about murder. It's my happy place. Like I love it to death. Um, we're yeah, on hiatus he's... right now, but I am working on him every day to come back as soon as I have time. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, one, I mean, if you, if you ever get a chance, um, it is, I got his book right over, um, right over here. So hopefully I can find it, but it's, it's one, one guy. If you haven't, if you haven't interviewed him, um, you really need to. Richard E. Step.
2: Oh,
1: I don't, I don't know him. Yes.
0: Yes. This, the, like his book alone just, the entire thing is just nothing but, um you know, different pieces on serial killers. So Can I mean, you build that this... up
1: again. Is that yeah? That's not the big book of serial killers. Oh, <laughs> that's a different one. Okay, yeah, you're gonna have to send that to me because I don't have that one yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's he, and he he's delved into like the Fox Hollow Farm. Mm-hmm. He's you know he has a book just solely on that one.
1: Oh my gosh! And is this so like... he. Yeah, the Wayne Gay.
0: He did a book on Wayne Gacy. You know, yeah, thing. It's just like yeah. So, yeah, the he is he is a really amazing, like to, you know, one to pick yeah. the brain on, you know, especially uh, when it comes to, like, serial killers. I would
1: love to have him on if, I mean, if he would, like, deign to come on our show, I would be so happy about that. Um, So, like, yeah, true so crime, true crime is my happy place. When I need to chill, I listen to murder. It makes me happy. Um, <laughs> I think I'm a typical woman in that. But, um, but yeah, we do a lot on that show. We do, like I said, paranormal. Um, we do our true crime. We've covered The Girl Scout Murders out of Oklahoma, we've covered Night Stalker, you know, just uh, the Ripper Crew. The Ripper Crew was pretty gruesome. That one was, that was nasty. Like you guys, that was, that was a gross one, but um, it was really good. It was really good. Yeah. You know.
0: There's, there's ones. I mean, it's, it's been so overdone, but it's, for me, it's always kind of the go-to for myself. The Black Dahlia.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one we haven't done. We touched on it with the Cecil Hotel um, but we didn't, we haven't gotten into that one yet, but yeah, that's definitely a favorite because it's, it's still not solved. And to me, that's just, that's delicious. I, I can't yeah, get enough of that. It's such,
0: <laughs> such a mystery how you could have such, you know, so much, you know, just, just right there. It just, it's like, you know, and yet there's, there's so much to see, but yet nobody has anything. There's
1: such, no resolution to it. It's, it's yeah. very frustrating. Um, there's there's a lot that we cover that are like that as well, um, but yeah, we I so Planet Fear is kind of my guilty little pleasure. I love that show. Um, like I said, we do paranormal, so actually I give um, I give my own uh, accounts of paranormal stuff, and so does Matt on that show. Um, we talked about we talked about um, different syndromes on the show, so like buried alive. Uh, being buried alive with that, like, different cases of that happening, and then locked-in syndrome, which is where you're actually, you could be laying on an autopsy table and not be able to move, and we had a friend of ours who's oh, an yeah. embalmer, um, Logan, he's an embalmer, he came on to give his thoughts on it, like, what that would feel like and stuff, so, I mean, we get kind of kind of gruesome on there, but, I mean, I'm here for it, so.
0: Yeah, that's, that, that's what it... Yeah, that's one of those things. It's just like, man, you you definitely need a time to decompress. I mean, it's it's that's <laughs> one of those. Yeah, you yeah. you got yourself, you know, pretty much nonstop, you know, onslaught. Pretty you know, much. My decompression
1: trauma. for me, decompressing is hiking. Um, but mostly decompressing is going camping in the woods and looking for Bigfoot. That would be how I decompress. Uh, nature is my happy place. It's where I go and plug. Um, and if I happen to find Bigfoot while I'm out there, then I mean it's a win-win yeah so um I, I yeah but it's Brooke um I I would consider doing an episode on Mothman um I would actually love to have um like an actual Mothman guest on that like you know really dig into it so um if you have any suggestions for who I could have on to talk about that I would be open to that completely Brooke is. Yeah. So Brooke also works with me at Cajun Navy. That is our social media team lead. She runs our social media. She's the voice behind the live videos. She's amazing at that. Um, she's also one of my best friends. Um, but she, it's funny because I I didn't know anything about her. And then she chimed in on one of my live videos on night callers and was talking about Bigfoot and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know you were into any of this and she actually knows more about some cryptids than I do and it's it's impressive. I'm, I'm here for it. It's cool. Like
0: well, let's go, jo- um, I know Joey and Tanya Medea. Are friends mm-hmm. of the show. They're really big on um, Mothman. Okay. As well. Yeah, he uh, Joey um, is even making a Mothman escape room. What? Yeah. What?
1: Where is that? How do it's I It's going to
0: be a, um a Believe Point Pleasant, West Virginia.
1: Brooke, we're going on a road trip. Bobby, get the spaceship ready. We're leaving.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a Mothman escape room. You know, it's like he's working on it. So that that would be definitely one. So like I said, if you want to have somebody on as kind of help, I you you, I I would look for him too. I mean, even
2: yeah,
0: Tanya, yeah, she sent sent synthetic, you know, Mothman shaped. So
1: (sighs) I love it. I love it. Yeah, you guys definitely. I'll reach out. so I'm I'm all about expanding into other cryptids. I've been doing Bigfoot, the Bigfoot thing for like 20 years. It's not that it's boring or anything. It's just that I don't know anything about the other cryptids and I believe in being a um lifelong learner. I want to know everything I can about everything I can. And so um yeah. I'm always expanding into other cryptids. I I expanded into Snallygaster recently, which always makes me laugh because it's just a funny name. But that's out of um Massachusetts or Maryland I believe Maryland and um, it's the Snallygaster cryptid it's like a chimera um, and it's like a bird dragon snake thing and um, it's it's really funky looking but it's, it's pretty cool um, and I would have to say my favorite cryptid is a thunderbird because mm-hmm. I mean those are so cool but yeah like I'm, I'm branching out into different cryptids Chris's face right now
0: <laughs> yeah my- <laughs> <laughs> my, mine mine's gotta be the puck Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Have you seen the um the squonk though?
0: No. Oh,
2: we,
1: oh my god. Co- look at look up the squonk and put it on the screen. Like he's the saddest cryptid, you guys. He's so ugly, it's sad. Him sad. I'm not didn't somebody gonna we have
2: that. didn't somebody we have on bring that up before?
0: I don't the know sp- if we brought up the squonk. Squonk. Oh no, I see oh my god. Yeah, he's let's sad. let's see. Let's see. alright we're gonna I'm not sure which one's the, which one's more pathetic. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah I'm so gonna...
1: literally this cryptid is known for walking around crying because he's so ugly.
0: That's rude. I can
1: relate most of the time, honestly, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's see. I'm I'm just trying to trying to get it to where it's not a um it's not just some real just Mike, tiny image Mike for image. everybody to look at here. All right, here we go. This is this is somebody's rendition of the squonk.
2: What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: He looks sad. It looks like a pig with
2: a a Voldemort pig with boils.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's so sad. He's so ugly, he's sad.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Oh, my God. I mean,
1: it's so sad. He's the ugliest, ugliest cryptid there is. And that's saying a lot because the Kentucky Goblin is pretty ugly. uh, Puck um
0: I, I think kids. it's also known as the Weeper Reaper.
1: Oh, that sounds scary. I don't like that. Yeah,
0: that's another name for it. But yeah, it's not it's nearly
1: just... as fascinating as Squonk.
0: Yeah, I like Squonk because, like I said, it's, yeah, there was just this is the next image that I found. I'm He's like, like I... a
1: Goblin Eeyore to me. <laughs> He's so sad.
0: Yep. He
1: stalks cis men and <laughs> feeds off their tears. That's a new one. This is a new meme.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's why I it's
1: obscenely cute with the odor of 98 year old molars. I regret asking you to put this up here right now. Like, <laughs> I regret if you, everything.
2: If you ask Craig, he'll find it. I don't care, he go to the long. I did not know this it. before coming on the show. It's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: I, I said, I think that's somebody's um. I, I think that's somebody's, you know, extreme take on it. But yeah, you you get some, you get some of those ones. Like, you know, we can get you. Oh, here we go. This this one will renew your faith in this squ- this here. That's you don't have to. Somebody's dark take on it. Here's here's the.
1: Yes, that's the one I'm used to seeing. Yeah, pitiful. Oh
0: yeah.
2: God, what's that movie? What's that show? Um, it looks cartoon? that one. It's a cartoon. Yeah, it reminds me of that cartoon um, um, Adventure Time, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The yellow dog? That's what it looks like. Yep. Yep. That's a. Yeah. So that's a. Yep. So that's that's the squonk. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then um, we got. So, yeah. So the Mothman. That was one of the things, too. Like when I talked to Hadley and I was going to get with you, it was just, you know, you've coming up, I mean, pretty much, you know, you know your stuff, you know, because you've done it for so long. Have you ever encountered where some groups like when you walk in and you're kind of dismissed, like, you know, you know, because you don't have you don't have the beard. You're not wearing the you know, you're not wearing all the camo gear, you know, this the hats and stuff like, yeah, you're not and you're coming in and you're like, yeah. I'm. Do you get that kind of almost where it's just like, well, you know, OK, I, I get you're a fan. But, you know, we're, we're talking about people that actually go out in the woods and research.
1: Um, so I can tell you, hmm, I I don't really get that because, oh, that sounds egotistical because most of the people I hang with know who I am. I'll put it that way. Um, because of night callers, I, people know that I know what I'm talking about. I can tell you from a female perspective, am I discounted sometimes? Yes. Are other females discounted way more? Yes. I was raised by a veteran female researcher. So I have her clout and then I have built my own clout and I have worked my little white girl ass off to get the respect from my male peers that I deserve. But others still battle that. So I actually <laughs> I'm actually writing a book and it's called um A Girl's Guide to Bigfooting with the Boys. And what that is, is uh, me inspiring other women to go get out in the field and telling them little tips and tricks, but also it's interviewing other strong women who have made this field what, is it, what it is today. So if you go research <laughs> top 10 cryptozoologists in North America, none of them are girls. Wow. Yep. Do you know how many I can count on one hand that should be in there?
2: So, They're not. Yeah.
1: So I put them in my book, which is not going to be anything, but still. So women are discounted. I will tell you that in a lot of circles, and especially Facebook groups, there people have a bad habit of newcomers coming in and not being treated in a welcoming manner. It is. It is really rough. Um, I try not to do that, uh, but sometimes I do. I, I find myself like. Someone walks up with a very widely circulated picture that they're like, oh, look, do you think this is Bigfoot? And I'm like, oh, my God, like it's a bird. It's been it circulated for 10 years. It's a bird. I find myself doing that as well. But I work really hard to like if you listen to Night Colors, yeah. my tagline is um stay safe be kind i'll see you next time and i mean that be kind in all we do mm-hmm. even if you know this person is sharing blob squash even if you know that it is actually a bird in the picture or something even if you really want to tell the person that the red circles in their picture aren't circling anything just be kind in the way you do it because like to me these people have guts enough to come forward and ask for your assistance with an experience or whatever has happened to them like we're the front line of believing them and if you're hateful to them like they're we're gonna lose so many witnesses and experiencers because of that and that just breaks my heart because it's like people are like oh well nobody believes in Bigfoot Bigfoot's not a thing and I'm like we have a ton of witnesses out there they are too scared to come forward like finding Bigfoot helped Open the door mm-hmm. a little bit because the subject became a little bit less taboo. But there are still thousands upon thousands out there who have had experiences and will not come forward because they'll either be ridiculed by people they know who don't believe, or then they're ridiculed by the people that do believe. Like it's so I try to tell my people, be kind. Like I literally reiterate that all the time. I know they're so sick of hearing it, but I'm like, you guys, we're the front line for these people for believers and we're being hateful to them like come on
2: so yeah but you gotta yeah but that's extremely hard to continue to be nice to people that be like well i got a bigfoot family that lives in my backyard but they'll (laughs) only talk to me so like what do they eat oh i can't tell you that so how do you be nice to people
1: it's so hard it's so hard i I will tell you, I took the coward's way out on my Facebook page. I have a team of moderators to handle that for me because I, (laughs) (laughs) that's not very kind, but I hit my limit because I'm just like, because my team of moderators, they live my values. They're they're kind. And so they go in and they're like, okay, Um, because people immediately jump on those people, right? And I'm like, all right. So my number one rule in my Facebook group is be kind or kindly shut up. Like literally your mama always said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say it. And so in my Facebook group, that's how that works. And but it is it is it is hard. I actually had a guy come up to me um, recently at an event at the Hanobi Bigfoot Festival. Now, I've met this man a few times. I love this guy. He's a hiker. He's he's so nice. He's an older guy. And he came up to me and I could tell he was nervous and he had, he wanted to share a photo with me and he was telling me about the photo and like the background. And he said, okay, here you go. And he shows me and I was like, okay. And he said, you see the, (laughs) you see the, uh, the, the biceps and the glutes here and all of this. And I'm like, um, I, I see how you could see that and, and think that's what that is. I said, but let, um, I'm going to tell you what I see is an eye and a beak. I said, that's a bird that flew into the camera. And he's just like, no, no, no. But you, you see that you, this is, this is an arm and this, and I'm like, so um, I'm going to let you know that I've looked at a lot of these and uh, perception. If mm-hmm. it was that close to the camera, it could not be the arm because it's too close. So it's, it's the eye and the the beak, that's a bird's face. And he was just, devastated like he was like okay i gotta go set up my table and he just like goes away and i was like oh my god but like yep. i respected really? him i did i hurt his feelings i respected him enough to hi happily oh sorry i'm so excited yep. um my fairy goth mother so i respected him enough to tell him the truth though but others like i said be kind when they come up and they're like oh i got this picture and it's just a big red circle and i'm like that's interesting that's very interesting. And that's my go-to. And I say it with a smile on my face, but if I respect you, I don't want you peddling that around. I'll tell you that's a bird, my man. I'm so sorry. Later on, he sought me out and he was like, Hey, and started talking about something else. And I was like, okay, cool. He doesn't hate me. That's great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's bad. Well, that's, that's the key. It's, it's like, it's not about, it's not about demeaning somebody. And it's one of those, and I've said it, you know, how many shows? I mean, just, When somebody comes up and says, "I've you know, "I've seen this thing out in my wood," you believe them, you know, you take them at face value, and it's just like what Chris, you know, Austin said. You know, after a certain amount of time, if I keep telling you I see it every day, every day, every day, I've got thousands of photographs every day. Eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, just in me in my logical thing, I'm like, "You have got as a researcher." This is one of those, and that's where I was, it was cool that we got to this point because was one of the questions I had for you. How do you differentiate from those people to get that? Because if if any if anything wants to be considered mainstream, you know, legitimate, there has to be criteria to you know on what is acceptable and what's not. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's how it is. You know, whether it's biology, geology, I mean, you go down anything. There's sta- There's a standard, and if we just Take every, like you say, every blob squatch, every blurry, pixelated okay. image as face value that this is in fact a thing. Somebody will just will say like Austin's, you know, a complete skeptic. He doesn't believe it. If all three of us just say, no matter what you show us, oh yeah, that's definitely Bigfoot. He's going to look at the three of us like we're complete idiots. Yeah, it, we're never going to convince him that this is thing. And then, but if we actually take the time, like you said, God, man, I'm sorry, that's a bird. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you think it's a b- squatch that's a bird i mean and to me yeah. that's so critical to do that part not not demeaning like god man you're an idiot get out of here you know <laughs> yeah. these stupid bird pictures it's just when you tell them this is you know you break down. he's like it's not to show your your miss you know it's like it was a you made a mistake but it's not right. you're not a fool for doing it i appreciate you doing it because one of these times you're going to grab one you're going to think well you know it's probably a bird No, no, you did actually catch an arm that is an arm right there. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. So it's um to me, it's about educating them, of course. Um there's so many that on Facebook that will jump on a new person for even asking questions. And yeah. it's it's really hard. Um, I I've I've been trying to get across to my people um if you could educate them. Some people don't want to hear it. Some people know I circled this <laughs> with red. It is a bigfoot. Oh, okay, my man. All right, that's cool. Like, yep. whatever. Um, there's, okay. you know, those people. But if you if you can try to educate them. Um, so that's where it falls on Bigfoot researchers. Legitimate Bigfoot researchers. So like I said, I've interviewed over 300 Bigfoot researchers through Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. That's between the United States, British Columbia, England, Ireland, Australia. Like, I have interviewed people across the world about Bigfoot researchers. These are people who who do the research. That's when it's on the researchers to ask the appropriate questions. So you say, I saw a Bigfoot. I'm like, cool. Where? What were the conditions? What were the weather conditions? You were driving. Okay, cool. How fast were you going? Um, What's the population like there? Are there deer? Are there bear? Are there wolves like what what is there what were what was the weather conditions like what was the lighting like you know and and that's when the Bigfoot researcher it's really on them to ask those questions I mean I always want to know the background of a sighting I want to know what time of year was it and this will help me in my research also you know and Mm -hmm. um so this will help me in my research as well so of course i want to know like if you did legitimately have a sighting i want to know was the moon full was it waning like what what was the moon like what was the weather like what time of year was it um were you in your campground? were you alone were there a bunch of people did were you in a hunting camp and there was a pile of guts behind you like this is stuff i want to know were you near water because they follow the creeks right or were you on the side of a mountain um So this is where you can ask questions. And so if they say, you know, I was in a hunting camp and my buddy went pee and I saw a shadow over here, then you can easily be like, okay, well, maybe that was your buddy, you know, or something like that. Or, you know, there's a lot of things you can use to discount the stories Mm -hmm. and maybe guide them towards realizing that maybe there was another reason for what they saw. A lot of people, um, they bring in audio oh my God, listen to this. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's, that's an owl. And they're like, well, it sounds like monkeys. I'm like, I too, my first time I heard barred owls was under the impression a pack of monkeys was screaming at me from the woods. I almost wet my pants. True story. But did I find out later that it was owls? Yes. Did I add that to my, my resume of, Hey, this is what this owl sounds like. Also, yes. So, my mom, because she's been doing this for so long, she has 20 years of audio, right? So, she um, actually began a YouTube channel, um, Night. Crap. She's going to kill me. Oh, she's going to kill me. I forgot what the channel's called. I promise I'll. Oh, she's going to disown me. Um, (laughs) I think it's Night Squatch Audio, I believe. And so um, she is uploading her audio over 20 years. She's using this as educational, right? So she's uploading like her first couple submissions are like of hogs. And she's like, so this is what hogs sound like. This is what this owl sounds like. She said, I thought all of these were Bigfoot when I first started. And you have to learn like that's something that we don't do enough of in the Bigfoot world is teach. We don't teach people coming in that this sound is a fox this sound like that's stuff we've all learned over the past 20 years but people coming in don't know this and so we have to teach them through our mistakes and so that's what she's doing she's teaching them through all of her mistakes like um you know the 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 owl i'm not kidding i was standing on a bank fishing everybody had gone back to the car i'm standing there alone out of the brush behind me there's this <laughs> screaming from multiple animals and i'm like squatchy nights audio. Thank you, Hadley. She's going to replace me with you, but that's okay. At least you'll be in the family. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so this that's screaming awesome. comes out of the woods and I am convinced there are a bunch of monkeys in there that are about to eat me. Like I'm, I'm like, man is planet of the apes over here. I run back to the car or actually I fast walked Cause I was trying to hold my bladder at that point. I get back to the car and I told my husband about it. And he's like, those were owls. And I'm like, no, like that was, that was monkeys or like a freaking like kookaburra chupacabra. I don't know. There was something in there about to eat me. And he's like, how have you been in the woods? This That was an owl. And then he pulled it up on YouTube. That was an owl. I'm like, ain't no wonder I haven't found Bigfoot yet. I mean, my goodness.
0: <laughs> no, it's, but that's the thing is from people that don't, you know, don't know. It's like, you go out there. It's like, you know, everybody's, i mean austin's goes out in the woods hunting you know chris has been out there it's like i from oregon you know you always go out and you know i've gone out hunting many times it's like during the day and nighttime you can mean the same thing it is a completely different experience when it goes dark (laughs) you hear stuff that i mean when you just when normally like when you're walking around you're like i'm like ah stupid squirrel you know and, and when that happens you know you're like oh god werewolf's right behind me it's getting yeah. ready to tear me you to know, tear me apart it's like every sound is completely different i mean it sounds like you got a t-rex walking on the other side of the trees
1: it's the truth it's the truth especially the way we do it so like normal people they have their little headlamps and their flashlights and they go out into the woods and they're like looking around for big. Yeah. My group, um, especially me, I walk off by myself. I refuse to turn my light on at any point. No wonder I haven't seen Bigfoot, but whatever. I walk off by myself and I set myself up as bait and I, I listen. I let everybody else call. I let everybody else do, you know, their wood knocks or whatever. Um, and then I sit there and I wait to, to hear what I'm going to hear or say, see what I'm going to see. And then um, I don't turn on my light. And so those noises, they come across as, in a big way whenever you have no light source.
0: Yeah. No, it's well, you know, we need to do, you know, at some point we need to have a part two because, like I said, we, it's like we're, we are out of time. <laughs> it, it's, it, so it's, we got to. But, you know, I wanted to thank you for coming on again. No, you know, no problem. You know, I'm glad you were glad you were able to reschedule because like I said it's like I was, I, it was. I, I did not want you to stress about that at all. I'm like, you were helping I appreciate, the people. I appreciate of, your you know, grace. Kentucky. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. I was more than happy, you know, because it's like, no, trust me, that's more. That was way more important than coming on here to talking about Bigfoot. So it's like, <laughs> but yeah, everybody, in Facebook, you can go, you know, Cajun Navy Ground Force. Um, you can also go to, you know, the C- um, for backslash donate. I think it's backslash, right? Yeah, back, or forward slash. Um, it's donate. Um, then just go there, help support them. Um, check, check them out. You can also uh, support... Lauren, it, through, you know, we have Planet Fear podcast, Weird Realities podcast, Night Callers Productions, and it's, yeah, I so said, they're, they're all, same time, just like I said, go support them, and I said, I appreciate you coming on Yeah, I
1: appreciate you guys having me on, seriously, it's it's been a blast, you guys are awesome. Thank um, you very much. <laughs> I definitely appreciate it, and thank you to your amazing chat over there for asking great questions, and and uh being so supportive i appreciate all of you
0: well well thanks thanks again like i so said we look for we look forward to next time
1: yeah absolutely whenever so, y'all are ready
0: all right well take take care and like i say stay stay safe out there and thanks again for everything that you've done
1: i sure will thank you
0: all right the, guys this episode was brought to you by threebeards podcast.com check us out there like i so said once again make sure you do go to cajun go org and support them um I'm also, this beard is under control thanks to a wonderful gift from our friends at Into the Outer Realms. She actually made me up my own blend of oil, and she even surprised me and put her logo on it.
2: He's special. My beard still needs care. So,
0: but... And this, yeah, that that was Tanya, and I showed her, she, you know, from their thing, you know, she made Mothman soap, you know, and so they would sent that as a. Kind of a, a little gift to us. And so I tr- I tried this and I'm like, this stuff's actually, you know, it has a really good, really good smell to it. You know, coconut oil, lemon oil, tea tree, peppermint, orange, bitter. It's like, so it has a really, really nice smell. Itself. You yeah, know how he said to
2: fun. us, so he's gonna use a little bit, bring us, to bring us a little. Well, I'm bit. I'm gonna
0: come, I'm gonna come over yeah. there, and you guys can hold he's out your hands. Uh, hey, yeah, all you all can of, hold out oh, your hey, hands, hey, and all I can need drip. Is a dip, I could. Hey. Yeah,
2: this dri- little dip. Yeah. <laughs> once you, once you bathe with the soap, give it to me, and I'll give it to Austin.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> oh my God!
2: Here you go. Oh, I almost it's had like a copy fit there. It's all on news right
0: here. Just. Uh, yeah, just yeah, a couple of drops. And you guys, one on each finger for Austin. He's just going to do this for his <laughs> porn staff when he has it. He'll just keep him aside it. Anyway, yeah, so go to go to all our social medias there redbubble.com forward slash three beards podcast, or go to threebeardspodcast.com and check out our gear shop there. And then just support us that way uh, we are rebroadcast every Wednesday starting at 11ish on ERRT radio courtesy of Ron thank you so much for that I um, wanted to give a shout out again to you know Hadley Thorne you know and weird realities for you know helping put this together you know together if she hadn't suggested this you know this wouldn't have happened. so really appreciate that and so everybody I said subscribe follow us on social medias appreciate it um, everybody Stay tuned. We got another one coming up here, but good night.